The reading is Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 11, and can be found on page 1092 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen now. Starting from verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Please do keep that open if you have it in front of you. Uh, We're going to look at that for a little bit. My name's uh, Richard. If we haven't met, I'm a a new-ish curate here, although not as new as these guys. A little window into my life at the moment. I, my, the karaoke question, the first thought that came into my head, I don't know what it was for you. Well, the first thought was, I'm glad I'm not at the front because I don't want to answer this question, but now I am. Uh, The second thought was, disturbingly, it was a medley of nursery rhymes. That, that's, uh, that's not me personally. I have a three-year-old at home. That's just my life at the moment. So there you are. Uh, that's a little something you can learn about me and uh, forget, I would imagine. It's not particularly interesting. But uh, there we are. More interesting. More interesting is the book of Acts. Uh, so should we pray together as we uh, begin our time looking at that? Our Father, we've just heard these words. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And as we have in front of us the witness of that first generation of Christians, as we have the words that they spoke in the power of the Holy Spirit, written, recorded, kept, preserved for us. Father, in these words, would your Spirit speak to us powerfully of the Lord Jesus, that we would be ever more certain of his truths. Amen. As James said, uh, from now up until Christmas in our evening services, we're going to be spending some time in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is written that we may be certain, certain that Jesus is establishing his kingdom. I don't know whether to you uh, tonight that feels like a thing that's certain or that feels like a thing that's ropey, or if you're honest, that you might be too polite to say it out loud, that sounds like a thing that's nuts. Uh, Whichever it would be for you, the book of Acts is written to persuade us, to give us certainty that Jesus is building his kingdom. 
Just look at the first verse with me and let me uh, show you that. Uh, right, at, right at the beginning of his book, Luke says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. See, there are a couple of things. In my former book, Theophilus, Luke writes. Uh, the, the former book is Luke's Gospel. We have it in the Bible. Uh, Luke's Gospel is volume one. Acts is volume two. And uh, because it's a, it's a two-volume work, this is just part two, it's the sequel, what Luke says at the beginning of Luke applies here as well. At the beginning of Luke, Luke says he's writing to this bloke, Theophilus, some important guy. He's writing, Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things of Jesus. Luke has written, and Acts is written, that we may be certain about Jesus, that we may know what really happened in history. And if we read on in this verse, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote to you about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. The implication being, if Luke's gospel is what Jesus began to do and to teach, Acts is what Jesus continues doing and teaching. Jesus isn't physically on the scene in Acts very much. After our reading, he's ascended into heaven. He's seen a couple of times in visions, but he's not really there physically, bodily on the earth. But nonetheless, Luke says, Acts is the book of what Jesus is doing and teaching. It isn't primarily the Acts of the Apostles. It isn't primarily the Acts of the Spirit, though those would both be true. Primarily, it's the Acts of Jesus, done by his Spirit through his Apostles. And what is Jesus doing? We'll go through the detail in a bit, but verse 3, verse 6, you get the kingdom of God is what Jesus is doing. Twice here at the beginning, twice at the end in Acts 28, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Acts is bracketed by the kingdom of God. Luke writes so we can be certain that Jesus will establish his kingdom, that Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Why might we need that sort of certainty? Well, for all kinds of reasons. For all kinds of reasons. For one level, the, the, the political I don't know what you'd call it this week, excitement uh, in the news this week. Whether that's the kind of thing that bores you to tears or that you live for, it's good to know, it's good to be certain that there is a different kind of kingdom. Jesus' kingdom, which will outlast the shifting political parties, the shifting opinions on whatever the issue of the day is. There's a kingdom that will last. You ought to be certain about that. You want to be certain about it if you're new to Manchester or if you're about to leave Manchester and head somewhere else and start a new phase of life and wonder, in this phase of life, what's it going to be about? What's my life going to be about? What am I going to build it on? Will it be Jesus and his kingdom? Well, if so, you want to be certain that Jesus is establishing his kingdom, that that isn't just some fairy tale or pipe dream. If you come from a part of the world where gathering like this on a Sunday is dangerous, a part of the world where Christians are rounded up, are arrested, have businesses closed down, are beaten, are killed. Well, then you need to be certain that Jesus is building his kingdom, that it isn't just some sort of game. And for all of us, as we're deciding, will we follow him in the areas of life where it's costly? In our morning sermons through the summer, we were thinking about money and what Jesus says about money. Will I invest money? in God's kingdom? Will I speak about Jesus with people who don't know him and, and the risk that there is there to what they think of me? 
if we're ever going to do those things, if we're going to sacrifice or risk to live for Jesus, you need to be certain. And Luke is writing so we can be certain that Jesus is establishing his kingdom. That's our hope, our our aim, our prayer for the next couple of months as we look at Acts, that we would be increasingly certain that Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Now, before we look at some of the details uh, in our reading, let me just talk about that kingdom uh, for a little bit. It's a big idea in the Bible, the kingdom of God. Uh, There's a lot we could say about it. Uh, I'm just going to pick one passage in the Old Testament, the earlier half of the Bible, that talks about God's kingdom to give us an idea of what we mean by the kingdom of God. In Daniel 7, in Daniel 7 in the Old Testament, we have a picture of the Son of Man, as a figure for Jesus, uh, receiving a kingdom from God. It's Jesus' kingdom pictured. And in Daniel 7, we see what sort of picture it is. Now, this might be slightly risky. Uh, two years ago, I was preaching on Daniel 7. It was in the midst of the 2017 general election uh, in this country. And I didn't dare say this at the time, because it was slightly fraught. Uh, Let's see if I get away with it tonight. Uh, During that election, you might remember, you might have wiped it all from your memory, uh, the the slogans from the two major parties were these. Uh, The Conservative Party was promising strong and stable leadership. The uh, Labour Party claimed to be for the many, not the few. Now, okay, whatever you think about those two parties or any other, others are available, uh, whatever you think about their ability to deliver on those slogans, whatever you thought at the time, whatever you think now, none of that's my point. My point is simply, those are quite good slogans, because they do capture what we want from leaders, from government. Strong and stable leadership is what we want. When you look around the world, and we're scared, we're confused, you don't want someone in charge who says, yeah, I don't really know what to do. And even if I did, I'm not sure I could get it done. You want leadership that is confident, that is strong, that is stable. In the Bible, there's a book called Judges. The repeated refrain in the book of Judges is, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did as, as uh, was right in their own eyes. It was chaos. It was anarchy. And it is a grim book. You read some of the things that happened. In Daniel 7, when Jesus is given his kingdom, here's what it says. This is an everlasting kingdom. Compared to the kingdoms of the world that come and go, political parties that come and go, unions of nations which may or may not come and go, Jesus's is an everlasting kingdom. It is strong and stable. You can build your life on it. But we are scared, rightly, of leadership that is just strong. Again, in the the Bible, there's a book called Kings, where you can read the story of tyrant rulers. Rulers who are strong, who are stable, and rule for themselves and their friends. And a few people do well, and everyone else does badly, and is oppressed and downtrodden. We want leadership that's for the many, not the few. In Daniel 7, again, when Jesus receives his kingdom, here's what it says immediately afterwards. The power of all the kingdoms on the earth has been given to his holy people. The instant Jesus sits on his throne and begins to reign, his people reign. His leadership, his kingship isn't for him, it's for the many, not the few. Daniel 7 tells us that the kingdom of God is the promise of strong and stable leadership for the many, not the few. 
It is the kingdom that we long for, the kingdom that we need. It is the kingdom of Jesus. That's the kingdom that the book of Acts tells us Jesus is establishing. It's a kingdom which is safe. It's a kingdom which is forever and for everyone. It's a kingdom which will never end, but which is generous. And the book of Acts is written so we would be certain that Jesus is establishing that kingdom. Okay, let's have a look. Let's have a look at our reading, Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 1 to 11. Let's pick it up again from the beginning. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he'd chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Just notice, that's where it starts. Many convincing proofs that he was, proofs that he was alive. Now, of course, that's where it has to start. You can't have a kingdom with no king. If the king's dead, the kingdom's not doing so well. But notice as well, historically, that's where it starts. The idea that Jesus rose from the dead, it's not some legend that got sort of added on to Christianity a few hundred years later to give it, make it slightly more impressive. From the very beginning, the very first witnesses were going out saying, Jesus is alive and we saw him. If you're not a Christian, uh, I long for you to know that this is where Christianity starts. This is where I would urge you to start as you think about it. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, I mean, the Bible itself says that the rest of this is nonsense. Throw it in the bin. If he did, that changes everything. And the claim of Christianity is that that Jesus' resurrection from the dead, it's not some sort of wishy-washy idea. It's not some metaphor for hope. It's a reality. It's a historical reality. He, He appeared. He showed them many convincing proofs. That's where this starts. Picking up in verse 3, he appeared to them over a period of 40 years, uh, 40 days, and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus takes his apostles away and gives them this 40-day intensive training course on the kingdom of God. And especially we'll see, he wants them to be clear when it comes and how it comes. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And now we're kicking with gas, the apostles think. The Holy Spirit, we've heard about him. In the Old Testament, he comes. He comes on the leaders of God's people that they would, they would defeat their enemies and bring the kingdom and there'd be peace and there'd be prosperity. So is this it? If the Holy Spirit's coming in a few days, is that it? Is that the end of the story? The kingdom comes. Jesus, it's not going to be quite like that. This is their question, verse 6. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you pressing the button? Is it go? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority. It won't be quite like that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Spirit will come uh, to give them power 
to speak. You'll be my witnesses. That's how this kingdom will spread, be established. The king will send his heralds, his messengers into the world. And city by city by city by city, the news will go out, Jesus has risen. He's reigning. Will you follow this king? Will you turn to him and repent and believe and submit to him and trust him? Will you follow him? That's how this kingdom will spread. It won't be one big red button and that's it, end of the story. Other kingdoms will continue. There'll be times when Jesus' kingdom looks on the up and times when it looks on the down. It'll just be a a spoken word, but a powerful one. You'll receive power and be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Jesus ascended into heaven to, to find his throne, to sit on his throne from where he rules the universe, from which he'll send the Spirit to bring power. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Don't just stand here, go, go, witness. This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. So it won't be like this forever. Jesus will come back to claim his kingdom. That's when he presses the big red button. That's when he restores the kingdom and everything's as it should be and everything's right. It'll happen. But in the meantime, his kingdom is established through witness through people speaking about the king. And those words coming in the power of the Spirit so that people hear them and believe and repent and follow King Jesus. Jesus is establishing his kingdom and that's how he plans to do it. And these verses tell us there is power in that plan. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. As weak as it might look to stand up somewhere and say, uh, there's a man called Jesus who died and came back to life. That's what Jesus has chosen. That's where Jesus has chosen that the power will be for his kingdom to be established. Let's just see how that works through Acts. Verse 8, you get those uh, places. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they are right now. Judea and Samaria, that's the surrounding area, Lancashire, and to the ends of the earth. And that's what happens in uh, the book of Acts. I don't know how to make a map like this. James made this. Uh, It's clever. Watch this. Uh, So they start in Jerusalem. Just as Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And as Acts goes on, they start to spread. The word starts to spread around Judea and Samaria, the surrounding area. And then uh, we go on and we, we end up around the place and we're, we're traveling. We're traveling to the ends of the earth uh, and eventually Rome. That'll be our last sermon in the series. We'll get to Rome, the, the heart of the Roman Empire, the, the capital of the world. Because Jesus doesn't say, you must be my witnesses. He doesn't say, would you try to be my witnesses? Would you see if you can work out a way of getting to Rome and telling them about that there's a new king? No, he says you will be my witnesses. He says there's a power in this message. I'm ruling the universe. No one will be able to stop you. A ragtag bunch of 11 men, I don't care. You will be my witnesses in, to the ends of the earth. Because if I say that's what's going to happen, no one 
is going to be able to stop it. Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Or if you think of it like this, beyond the end of the book of Acts, as Jesus was speaking, 2,800 miles away, there was a hill. Not a particularly big hill, there was a hill. Beyond the edge of the Roman Empire, no one really lived there. Shepherds, herders would occasionally sort of travel through it, finding grazing. Uh, we found archaeologically a couple of you know, little bits and pieces that show people were there. But basically, no one lived there beyond the end of the empire. It's the ends of the earth. When Jesus says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, this little hill, it really was the ends of the earth, hundreds of miles away, beyond the edge of the empire. Fast forward about 30 years as Luke is writing this book. The planning commission has just gone in to build a fort on this little hill. As the Roman Empire has expanded a bit, they think this would be, you know, it's a hill that's kind of useful to have a fort on. And 79 AD, this fort was built. They called it Mamusium, uh, which means round hill. The, the place was so uninspiring, so unimpressive. They looked at, what are we going to call it? Uh, I can see a hill. Should we call it hill? This, this was a nowhere place. They built this fort, I learned this week, out of timber and turf. I'm no architect. I think that means they used wooden beams. And where there were gaps, they're like, I'll just shove some grass in it. That'll be fine. The soldiers who were stationed there weren't Roman citizens. No Roman would be that far from home, you know, middle of nowhere, beyond civilization. They were uh, foreigners who'd been grafted into the army. That's who was stationed there. A little village grew up eventually around Mamusium, you know, a few little houses. But clearly no one was sentimental about it because 140 AD, when the fort was demolished because it wasn't useful anymore, the village was abandoned. No one lived there again for 30 years because no one really cared about the place. When Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, he's saying nowhere places like Mamusium. They'll hear the word that there's a king that I've risen, that I'm establishing my kingdom. And I don't know what his, his little 11 apostles, the church of 120, I don't know what they'd have thought of that. I just thought that's ridiculous. Let me tell you two other things about Mamusium. Uh, the first is that uh, archaeologists have found there what is maybe one of the earliest uh, artifacts of Christianity in this country. They're not quite sure what it is. It's a tiny piece of pottery. It's got some writing on it that looks like a little bit of the Lord's Prayer. If it is, it's one of the first Christian artifacts that we found in this country. The news of King Jesus reached Mamusium. Jesus' church has been his witness to the ends of the earth. Uh, the second, and I know some of you know this, I've seen some smiles, uh, Mamusium is Manchester. Uh, the fort, the remains of it, you can still see them. It's about 15 minutes' walk from Manchester Cathedral. It was a nowhere place, beyond the ends of the empire. Nothing worth seeing, nothing worth doing, not even worth living there. When Jesus says the ends of the earth, that's what he meant. And Jesus is, Jesus has, Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Acts is written to give us certainty that Jesus is establishing his kingdom. As we close, if you're not a Christian, you know, I'd love you to see whatever perception you have of the Christian message. It is that there is something as certain, as concrete as that. That as you look around the world, whatever looks stable and safe, the things that you're 
inclined to think, because I have this, I'm all right. You know, things might go up or down, but basically I'm safe and my life is set because the claim of the Bible is that there is nothing as certain, as safe, as secure as the kingdom of Jesus. He is establishing his kingdom. It's a kingdom that's forever. It's a kingdom that's for you. And there's nothing as secure. If you're a Christian, our hope, our prayer, as we uh, preach this book over the next couple of months, is that there'll be moments, as we look at the early church, as we look what happened with a, a group of men and women who had received power from the Holy Spirit, as every Christian has, who were certain that Jesus was building his kingdom, was establishing his kingdom. As we look at that group of men and women and what they did, what they achieved, our hope and prayer is that there'll be moments where we start to... Remember, if Luke's gospel was what Jesus began to do and to teach, Acts is what Jesus is doing and teaching, Jesus is still doing, he's still teaching his church. We pray there'll be moments where Jesus convicts us, pokes us, And wherever it is on the spectrum from, for the first time in my life, I should tell the people at work that I'm a Christian. Uh, Through to, uh, and please God, may it be, that someone this term starts to think, seeing what happens in Acts, I can't stay in Manchester. The gospel's come here already. The, The word of Jesus come here already. There's a cathedral in Manchester. I need to go. I need to go somewhere to the ends of the earth. May it be that this term, the Spirit is working in us, so we uh, more and more are ready to, to speak of Jesus here, around the world. But I imagine if you're anything like me, the next thought that comes into your mind when you have that sort of thought is, that's scary, that's dangerous, it's risky, there's all kinds of things I'd give up. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Luke wrote Acts so we can be certain that Jesus is building his kingdom. There is nothing else in the universe that is more certain, more secure, more safe, more worth risking for, more worth sacrificing for. Because in the end, when everything else has passed away and faded to nothing, there is one thing which will last into eternity, which is the kingdom of Jesus. He said so. He's establishing it. It will last. May it be that this term we grow more certain of that truth together. Should we pray? Our Father, you know our hearts. Uh, You know uh, our weaknesses. Uh, You know the things we're afraid of. Father, as the Spirit came in power to enable this early church to speak, uh, please would he come uh, again to us and convince us that these things that he says are true. Please would we be certain that Jesus is establishing his kingdom. And so as we sense the call this term to, uh, to join him in that work, uh, please would you make us certain 
that that's a good call, a good investment. Uh, because we'd be joining in the one thing in the universe that will last. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.